When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome everyone to the number one daily Bitcoin pod. Let's go. In today's show, Bitcoin price settles at 26500 as key Fed inflation week dawns. And check this out. Max Kaiser and Javier Millet have a very similar vibe and a similar message that the central banks are poison. Bitcoin fixes this. We'll also discuss U.S. lawmakers' advanced legislation blocking the digital dollar, as well as CBDC pilots are now being tested by three central banks, according to SWIFT. We'll also be sharing the state destroys the wealth, according to Javier Millet. I'll be breaking down his latest in Argentina's ongoing inflation crisis, as well as unexpected explosive Bitcoin rally to $150,000 per coin is now on the cards as Bitcoin price rides hot inflation data, according to Glassnode founders. We'll also be discussing the latest from Michael Saylor, predicting the Bitcoin price will hit $5 million per coin. That's right. I'll be breaking down his latest 2024 Bitcoin price prediction, which I just transcribed and it's never been shared before. We'll also be taking a look at the overall crypto market. All this plus so much more in today's show. Yo, what's good, crypto fam? This is first and foremost a video show. So if you want the full premium experience with video, visit my YouTube channel at CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Again, that's CryptoNewsAlerts.net. Welcome, everyone just joining us. This is pod episode number 1404. I'm your host, JV. Today is September 17th, 2023, and I have lots to cover. So let's dive right in. As you can see here in our market watch, we've got Bitcoin and most of the major Cryptos currently correcting and in the red and checking out coinmarketcap.com. We're sitting just above that trillion dollar milestone, which has been pretty stagnant for quite some time with about 16 and a half billion in volume in the past 24 hours with the Bitcoin dominance at 49% and the Ether dominance 18 and a half percent. And checking out the top 100 crypto gainers of the past 24 hours, we have Kronos leading the pack, but barely just up 0.6% trading at 5 cents, followed by Casper up a half a percent trading at 3. Three cents, followed by BNB up three quarters of a percent, trading at 216 bucks. So, very modest gains as most of the alts are correcting in, in the red. As you can see here on crypto bubbles, there's really not much.
much in the green at all as the bloodshed continues. And checking out the crypto greed and fear index, we're currently rated a 46, which is fear. Yesterday at 43, last week a 40, and last month a 37 in fear. So there you have it. Welcome everyone just joining us. Make sure to say hello in that live chat. Don't be a stranger. And at the end of the show, I'll be reading everyone's comments out loud. Also, let me know where you're tuning from. If you didn't know, I broadcast live every single day here from my home office in Puerto Rico. Now let's dive into today's technical analysis and check out the charts and where the Bitcoin price action is likely trending next, shall we? Here we go. Bitcoin circled 26.5 into the September 17th weekly close after the new September highs gave way to calmer conditions, as you can see here in the Bitcoin one-hour candle chart. Now data from Cointelegraph and TradingView showed Bitcoin price performance stabilizing over the weekend. The largest crypto had seen a trip to 26.880 just two days ago, this marking its highest level for the month thus far. And summarizing the state of the Binance order book, we have trader Credible Crypto, who noted that a cluster of bid liquidity was buoying the market. Quoting the analyst here, some seller absorption is happening here. This level is being defended ATM. He goes on to share some seller absorption happening, this level being defended, not much below it. And if so, it's lost. It could probably see a nice flush to the downside target. Been fun watching this, but it's I'm going to call it tonight. Let's see what tomorrow brings. Hopefully a slow weekend so we can just chill. And he shares all of this data. So ultimately, amid the consolidatory movement, uh, Another analyst, Crypto Tony, I two potential scenarios with 26,000 still holding a support. Either way, quitting him here, I'm still looking for that dip down to 26.1 and a bounce for the long trigger. Either that or we just reclaim 26.6 highs and I will look to long. Now, looking more closely at the exchange behavior, we had SKU who highlighted specific short-term trends amongst the traders with spot entities selling into the bounces as outlined here in this chart and analysis. Now, can the FOMC shift the Bitcoin price range? Let's touch upon it. Beyond the weekly close, the crypto market participants were eagerly awaiting for the coming week's key macroeconomic event from the United States Fed. The Federal Open Market Committee meeting is September 20th, just three days out, and it's set to decide the benchmark interest rates with markets overwhelmingly expecting them to remain unchanged. So according to the CME Group's FedWatch tool, puts the odds of a surprise scenario at just 2%. And as reported, Bitcoin recently cooled its knee-jerk reactions to the macro data prints. And going into the FOMC, some believe that the status quo should or would remain. Quitting them here, next week's FOMC and interest rate decisions should induce some volatility, but Bitcoin will likely continue to trade within the 25 to 27 range in the short term. So there you have it. Let me know if you agree or disagree with this analysis. And check this out. Shout out to Max Kaiser. He shared some videos of very similar toxic energy to Javier. Malay. And if you're not familiar with Javier Malay, he is the pro presidential candidate who is winning the majority vote right now in Argentina and may become the next president. Max said Max and Malay have a similar vibe and a similar message that the central banks are poisoning. Bitcoin fixes this. And he also points out in 2014, he talked to his friend who, uh, hashtag uh, Rusty Rockets here, who is Russell Brand, about fiat money, central banks, and off-camera, Max gifted him a 1,000 BTC. I must say, Max has to be the most incredible friend in the world, wouldn't you agree? He gave his friend Alex Jones 10,000 BTC as a gift, and he gave Russell Brand a 1,000 BTC as a gift. Now, if you don't know, there are some allegations of some rape-like charges, which 
really sucks, especially if it's not true. And I find this actually interesting. Uh, Max says, friends don't abandon friends based on accusations, something very common amongst frightened cuck Brits. Sadly, Americans are made uh, of sterner stuff. And even Elon Musk says, I support Russell Brand. That man is not evil. So it seems the forces of evil or the powers that be seem to be setting him up potentially, just like they did Andrew Tate and many other influential people who speak out about the status quo and like to spread uh, the truth. But anyways, now let's break down our next story of the day and discuss a digital dollar alert. Digital dollar just means the digital version of this fiat Ponzi scheme dollar. And then we'll dive into the latest with the CBD's testing phase taking place right now, followed by an inflation crisis, followed by a $150,000 Bitcoin price prediction, according to Glassnode, followed by the latest 2024 Bitcoin price prediction by Michael Saylor that the Bitcoin price is going to reach north of $5 million per coin. And again, welcome to y'all just joining in. Make sure to say hello in that live chat. Don't be a stranger. The U.S. State of House of Financial Services Committee is moving forward with legislation aimed at preventing the issuance of a central bank digital currency. That's what's up. According to the announcement from Chairman Patrick McHenry, the committee will mark up two bills about a potential digital dollar on September 20th, three days out. Markups are sessions in which the lawmakers discuss the details of the bill. It is a crucial step before the legislation moves to the House floor. Now, one of the bills is the digital dollar Pilot Prevention Act, or H.R. 3712, which prohibits the Fed from initiating pilot programs to test CBDCs without approval first from Congress. The legislation was introduced by Representative Alex Mooney back in May. Now, the Fed recently denied any decision on whether to issue a CBDC, claiming it would only proceed with the issuance of a CBDC with an authorizing law. However, the Fed of San Francisco had sought to fill technical positions for a CBDC uh, project over the past few months, indicating the digital dollar currently remains on the table. Now, the second legislation is an amendment to the Federal Reserve Act prohibiting Fed banks from offering certain products or services directly to an individual, along with prohibiting the use of CBDCs for monetary policy and for other purposes. Quoting them here, a Federal Reserve bank shall not offer a central bank digital currency or any digital asset asset that is substantially similar under any other name or label indirectly to the individual through a financial institution or other intermediary reads the bill. The prospect of a digital dollar has stirred ongoing controversy in the U.S. Presidential candidates such as Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and Ron DeSantis have both spoken out against the establishment of CBDCs in the country, citing financial privacy concerns, to say the least. So also, supporters of CBDCs claim it would help the U.S. to keep the dollar's global relevance, as well as boost cryptocurrency adoption. Now, I've been telling you here on the show about the you know warnings and concerns of CBDCs as well, so it's good to see someone in Congress putting together a bill to protect us. Obviously, we don't want these. This is enslavement of the matrix system, controllable, programmable, digital fiat money scheme, which they are going to use to try to to control you. Whoever controls the money supply controls the people. How do you escape this matrix with the escape valve? 
Bitcoin. Bitcoin is literally the antidote to the CBDCs. And what's even more alarming, there's a pilot program running right now where they're testing CBDCs. The central banks are doing that in real time. So let's uh, break this down next regarding the latest with the CBDC ongoing testing. According to SWIFT, three central banks have launched new pilots for CBDCs. According to the announcement from the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunication, better known as SWIFT, in the new announcement, they say it had entered a new phase of work on CBDCs interoperability and that a trio of central banks are beta testing new systems for interlinking the CBDCs with 30 financial institutions exploring further use cases. SWIFT says that the Hong Kong Monetary Authority and the National Bank of Kazakhstan have begun integrating the new solution with their own infrastructure for direct testing. The third central bank was left unnamed by SWIFT in the announcement. Hmm, which bank do you think that is, fam? So says Tom Jalef, Chief Innovation Officer at SWIFT, shared the following, our focus is on interoperability, ensuring that the new digital currencies can seamlessly coexist with each other with today's fiat-based currencies and payment systems. The financial community had already recognized the strong potential for CBDC innovations for preventing digital islands while security bridging the payment systems of today and the future. This next phase of testing the exploration will help us further refine the solution to ensure it is as effective as possible and at scale. Now, SWIFT says that since there will be so many different CBDCs with nearly 130 countries actively exploring the tech, there may be fragmentation issues when they come to fruition in the future. SWIFT says the potential issue makes interoperability solutions a top priority for the organization. And according to SWIFT, its new connector tech had already enabled seamless transactions between different blockchain-based CBDC systems, which were built on completely different frameworks. Quoting them again, SWIFT, to counter this fragmentation, had prioritized focus within the innovation agenda on interoperability for digital currencies and tokenized assets to enable them to seamlessly scale if, when, they are deeply into the financial ecosystem. Its specific work on CBDCs began more than 18 months ago, and in the first phase of its experiment and sandbox testing, almost 5,000 transactions were simulated between two different blockchain networks and with existing fiat-based payment systems. Now, central and commercial bank participants noted that the connector enabled the seamless exchange of CBDCs, even for those built on different platforms. So there you have it. There may be literally 100 different future CBDCs, and they're working on interoperability, which ultimately means a way for them to communicate with one another. All I got to say is this, just say no to CBDCs and just say yes to Bitcoin. Bitcoin is the ultimate antidote and answer to the you know central bank digital currency enslavement system, which will absolutely be rolling out. And with that being shared, now let's break down this ongoing inflation crisis taking place right now in countries around the world, including Argentina, where if you go out to dinner, you need a stack of fiat currency to even cover your bill, thanks to hyperinflation. Let's break this down and shout out to Javier Malay. Here we go. September 14th, 2023, Tucker Carlson posted an interview on the social media platform X with Argentine economist, businessman, and politician Javier Malay. And I believe that interview is close to already receiving 400 million views and is going absolutely viral. His advice to the world is the following. Never embrace socialism or the siren song of social justice. In the video, Carlson remarks on Argentina's beauty, but no 
notes that dinners at restaurants use large stacks of fiat currency for meals. That's right. How many of you watched this interview? Let me know. I highly encourage you to do so if you haven't. And also, it's uh, subtitled in English. You can find that on Tucker Carlson's uh, X account, just FYI. So in August, Argentina's inflation rate hit a whopping 124.4%, leading to a major cost of living crisis. The economic downturn troubling Argentina has bolstered Millet's popularity. And when Carlson asked about the inflation, Millet said it stemmed from socialism's shortcomings. Quitting him here, the issue is that Argentina began to embrace socialism over 100 years ago, Millet told Carlson, the analogy of frogs in a pot of water is useful here. When you can turn up the heat slowly, the frogs don't realize it until the time comes when they try to jump out and it's too late and they end up dead. Great analogy, uh, uh, analogy, right? Millet said that while socialism initially seemed appealing in Argentina, it's a flawed economic system. He described a socialist system as, if there is a need, there is a right. It is a problem because there can be infinite needs, but someone always has to pay for those rights, and the resources for that are finite. That sparks a conflict between infinite needs and finite resources. And he also said, the conflict is easy to resolve through economic freedom and private property. This is a natural mechanism to resolve this tension in society. But socialists don't much like the invisible hand. They prefer the claws of the state. Preach. Now, Argentina's general election is set to be October 22nd, just a few weeks out. And a major political shift is anticipated. Millet plans to reduce the government's footprint by eliminating 10 ministries and aims to significantly decrease the public spending. He also intends to adopt another currency or commodity as his administration dissolves uh, Argentina's central bank. And in his conversation with Carlson, Millet stressed the state does not create wealth, the state destroys it. The politician ardently champions the virtues of free markets, asserting that the non-aggression principle is the optimal path of the well-being of the Argentine citizens. Quitting him again, socialists hide it behind the disclosure of social justice. This is sort of social Justice is deeply unjust because it is premeditated by unequal treatment under the law and preceded by a robbery. Now, much respect to Javier Malay for calling out the central bankers. Also like to point out that Max Kaiser, the high priest of Bitcoin and senior Bitcoin advisor to Nayib Bokele, the president of El Salvador, knowing El Salvador is the first country to put Bitcoin on a uh, make it a legal tender in their country. Um, Max says he is going to be orange pilling Javier Malay and flying down to Buenos Aires because unfortunately, Tucker didn't ask him any Bitcoin related questions. So Max says he's going to finish the job. If you'd like to see that interview between Max Kaiser and Javier Malay specifically focused on Bitcoin, let me know chat. And I can't wait for that to go down. I absolutely know that's going to be fireworks. Now let's discuss this $150,000 Bitcoin price rally. According to Glassnode Analytics co-founders, how many of you would love to see the Bitcoin price surpass the current all-time high and smash that six-figure milestone? Let me know, chat. So here we go. According to Glassnode founders Jan and Yan, Bitcoin has reclaimed the 26th level as support, 26 Gs, and Bitcoin's risk signals appears to have been taken a nosedive. Bitcoin's risk signal is a metric from Glassnode that gauges the level of risk of a major price drawdown for Bitcoin. Here's what they go on to share. The US CP 
CPI jump by 0.6% was expected to stir the Bitcoin price. And guess what? It has. Reclaiming support above 26,000, Bitcoin is now eyeing a breakout past 27,000 and potentially exiting a multi-week range. Send it. Let's go. Risk signals nosedive into the 60s signifies this attitude shift. Profit booking pressure may loom around 27,400 and 28,200, but this climb seems poised as a step before tackling the psychological barrier at 30 Gs. Now, currently, the yearly high, just FYI, is just at roughly that $32,000 level. Now, last week, the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics revealed the CPI rose from 0.2% in July to 0.6% in August, and the release of the data coincided with a bump in crypto and equities. The Glassnode founders, who go synonymously as Nigentropic on the social media platform X, appear to be forecasting a longer-term rally for Bitcoin to much higher prices. The analysts share a chart, which you can see here on your screen, suggesting the Bitcoin has bounced off of a large ascending channel and is set to start rising to the upper end of the channel, which is near $150,000 per coin, where the greed, euphoria, and FOMO could occur. So there you have it, fam. How many of you would love to see the Bitcoin price action soar above and beyond 100000 hitting the $150,000 mark? And uh, yeah, going absolutely bonkers. Let me know, fam, in the comments right down below. And now let's break down Michael Saylor's $5 million price prediction and his latest analysis on the three catalysts that will send the Bitcoin price to new all-time highs and his prediction of what he sees coming uh, for 2024. I just transcribed this personally. It's never been shared before that I could find. So you're going to be getting the exclusive right here on Crypto News Alert. So let's break this down, shall we? A massive shout out to my Michael Saylor. Here's what he had to share. I think there are only three things relevant right now, and here are the three things. The halving is coming with 100% certainty. He is right because the halving is scheduled to take place in April of 2024, roughly six months out. Now, as far as I can see, most of the selling of Bitcoin in the market is the Bitcoin miners that have to sell in order to pay their electricity bills and pay their debt expenses as well as their operating expenses. So that amount of selling pressure is going to be cut in half in a few months. So we know that is coming. And then we know there is a spot Bitcoin ETF coming. And when that comes, we plug into Wall Street and the entire banking system. And then finally, the fair value accounting is coming. And when that happens, the objective will go away. And now you're going to introduce this as a conversation into hundreds of boardrooms. They will not move in a week. They move quarterly. But over the course of 12 quarters, you'll start to see company after company looking at this and you'll start to see a reallocation of assets. That's right. And at the end of the day, corporations only hold two assets. They hold cash and they hold bonds. And so if Bitcoin is available as an asset para pursue to a bond, then you'll see the reallocation from bonds to Bitcoin. And then in the institutional investor side, you've got all of these people holding real estate, holding commodities, holding gold, holding ETF and S and P indexes and the like. And if they start to reallocate, and they will, 1% and 2% and 5%, then you're going to have something that has never happened in the history of the world, which is you've got an ETF on a commodity that is scarce. Every other ETF in the world is on an asset that is not scarce. It's inflationary. 
facts. And you can make more buildings, you can make more real estate, you can make more gold, you uh, can make more commodities, you can make $4 billion worth of any of those things. The underlying producers produce more of the asset to deflate or to depreciate the price. FYI, that's how they control, manipulate the precious metal markets, fam. Now with Bitcoin, when $100 billion flows into the Bitcoin spot ETF, there won't be any ability for any producer to produce any more Bitcoin. And so you can't really compare it to a spot ETF of gold because gold is an inflationary asset and you can't compare it to the ETFs on real estate or on bonds or on equity. You really have to say this is the first time we have ever plugged Wall Street into an asset that you cannot produce any more of. Preach. And so nobody knows what will happen except that if you reason from first principles, you know that it has got to actually perform better than all the other asset ETFs because the underlying fundamentals are just better. But let me lay out three possible ways to invest into Bitcoin. One, if you buy Bitcoin, the underlying asset. The second, if you buy the spot ETF. And the third is you buy MicroStrategy. Okay, we talked about the headaches of buying Bitcoin, the underlying asset. You have to do it on a crypto exchange and put in place parallel custody, compliance, compensation, control systems. So that's the challenge of that. The closest thing, the most compelling idea for a plain vanilla Bitcoin investment of an institutional investor is you buy the spot ETF. You'll be getting one-to-one -one correlation. So for a million dollars you put in, you're getting a million dollars worth of Bitcoin. What's the positive? It's marginal. It's good collateral. I can buy in a second, no money down, and I don't need to build parallel custody control compensation systems. So all my problems are handled by Wall Street. What's the cost? 50 to 100 basis points a year. Okay, so if I charge you 1% per year over the course of 20 years or over the course of your lifetime, it means that kind of I take 20% of the money you invested at 1%. So there is a cost. 50 basis points means I get 10% of your money, approximately. But having said all that, I would pay you 50 to 100 basis points in order to be plugged into the Wall Street, and it's not a problem. It is a lot better than the alternative, which is rebuild all their systems and then finance themselves. So MicroStrategy is not that. MicroStrategy, you can think of, of a levered long Bitcoin company that pays you a yield, okay? So I'm not going to call it an ETF because we are not a financial company, but we have $4.4 billion plus a Bitcoin and $2 billion plus of debt. So what we have done is we have levered the balance sheet with debt and cost us about one and a half percent interest. So MicroStrategy takes advantage of its position as an operating company to do something that an ETF can't do. An ETF can't issue junk bonds. An ETF can't issue convertible bonds. An ETF can't do like an ATM, like we can do. An ETF can't buy Bitcoin with cash flows. So we have a lot of flexibility as an operating company and we don't charge that fee. So we have four and a half billion dollars of Bitcoin, but we don't charge $45 million per year. So the real idea here is, what if I created an investment vehicle that paid you a yield instead of charging you a fee? And what if I was able to borrow money at one and a half percent interest? I borrowed a billion dollars at zero percent interest and bought Bitcoin with it. How many of you would like that offer, fam? Being able to borrow a billion dollars at zero percent interest and just buy all the Bitcoin you can with it? Score! Talk about winning. Let me give you a theoretical. If you get a 2% yield instead of paying a 1% fee, it's a 60% difference over the lifetime of your asset. So if you have a billion dollars invested and you're getting a 2% yield, you're actually picking up $20 million a year instead of paying 
paying $10 million a year. So the dynamic of the company is very important. So you can imagine that if I don't charge you a fee, and if I have cheap leverage and stock, the benefit accrues to the common stock shareholders. Because I went and I borrowed $2.2 billion at 1.5% interest, and I bought Bitcoin with it. So what's the logical theoretical yield of Bitcoin? Is it more than 1.5% percent a year? Well, let's say it's 15% a year. Then we're scraping 14% positive real yield off of the debt. And so that would be 14% of a billion dollars or more, which is actually 14% of $2.2 billion. So that would be $300 million a year that accrues to the benefit of the common stock shareholders you see. This is the benefit of being an operating company. We can every quarter choose what to do. So some quarters, we would issue junk bonds. Other quarters, we would issue convertible bonds. Other quarters, we sell the equity. Other quarters, we would just use our own cash. So the answer is, there is always going to be a good market, and there is always going to be a bad market. There are things you should do, and there are things you shouldn't do. So MicroStrategy, to make a long story short, is a bit more complicated than a spot ETF, right? If you want something plain vanilla and simple, then you should basically correlate one-to-one -one with Bitcoin after you pay the fee. Then you buy the spot ETF. But if you wanted to actually try to outperform Bitcoin, like MicroStrategy's outperform Bitcoin, our performance over the course of three years is higher than Bitcoin's performance. So if you want to outperform Bitcoin or outperform the spot ETF, you would do that by creative financings. Like, for example, if our stock trades at a 30% premium to the underlying asset and we sell a billion dollars of equity, we actually captured 300 million of accretion to our shareholders. And also, you know, he also goes on to share that First of all, Bitcoin is going to go up by a factor of 10, whether they can fix any of this stuff. It is going to be a grind up by a factor of 10 just because gold is broken and Bitcoin is going to replace gold. And now everybody in the universe knows they need a non-sovereign store value in the form of a bearer instrument. For the last year, people said inflation may be coming. We are not sure. Now the mainstream narrative has flipped. Inflation is here. You need the inflation hedge. So it is going to grind up to replace gold. It'll go to $500,000 per Bitcoin, regardless of whether they fix these things. Here the three things that are massive catalysts that caused an acceleration. And those three things don't take us to 500000 per Bitcoin. They take us to $5 million per coin. Those three things are what I just previously mentioned. Number one, the spot ETF, where someone can go ahead and buy $100 million worth of Bitcoin via an ETF security. I think that's one. And number two, your bank is going to custody it for you so you can lend against it. And number three, I can mark it up or down on my balance sheet based upon its fair value. It'll be para pursuit to the way I handle Apple stock or at least that good. And if you have property with fair value accounting, by the way, it becomes parapasuit to the way you handle treasury bonds on a treasury balance sheet. Treasuries are better than stocks because treasury, treasury is property, whereas a stock is a security and you're capped out at 40% of your balance sheet on securities. So it would be a major breakthrough if you saw any of those three things. I'll end with this one observation I tweeted last week, and I believe it's very powerful. If the banks can hold the stuff on their balance sheet, then a whole new class of investors are going to buy it. People are going to put in a billion dollars and multi-billion dollar orders to buy it as a treasury asset. Nobody is going to sell Bitcoin because there is no reason to sell it if you can simply borrow against it. Makes a lot of sense, right? So you'll be borrowing against Bitcoin. Nobody is ever going to sell it. And then as I joked, you won't be able to afford it. Well, you'll be able to afford it, but you know, everyone gets Bitcoin at the price they deserve. Breach. And when the banks normalize it and you can draw a $100 million credit line at 100 basis points from an FDIC-insured bank, at that point, we're going to blow through the market cap of gold by a factor of 10, ultimately meaning he believes the Bitcoin market cap will hit 
100 trillion dollars, which is what 200x from here, considering we're half a trillion today. Now, I think the best thing is those three things are likely to happen. I don't know if they happen in 36 months or 24 months or 12 months, but I'd be shocked if it's more than 36 months. And I hope it doesn't happen in 12 months because my view is the longer it takes, the more progressive the grind, the more time I have to accumulate and buy more of it. So there you have it, fam. Let me know if you agree or disagree with the one and only Michael Saylor. And don't forget to check out CryptoNewsAlerts.net for the full premium experience with video and to participate in the live Q&A. And I look forward to seeing you on tomorrow's episode. Hoddle.